episode of Beyond the Front Door is brought to you by Peak Properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming. With over 75 years of combined experience in real estate, it's our goal to help clients buy and sell and save by providing the information you want and the professional services you expect. Let us help you with your residential, commercial, HUD, income-producing properties, as well as vacant land and rental needs. To learn more, visit www.sellcheyenne.com. And I think that's kind of how real estate is. People just look at it and go, oh my gosh, this looks so easy. And you just make money and you show people houses. And how fun is that? (laughs) And it is fun, but it is not easy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and an ever-expanding, I think, right now, too, as technology is changing and how you guys do things, like making yourself present on social media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's where you're going to see realtors pivot. Right. Especially after the pandemic, because what what back then didn't always work, or it doesn't work now. Yeah. I mean, belly to belly still works. The pandemic kind of proved that. But in general, I think it's just people are, if you're pivoting and you're going to something that's going to expand, you've got millions of people on social media. So yeah. you've got a much larger reach. Yeah, yeah we're, we were just, um, we were just fighting with someone on social yeah. media. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we decided. We decided. To, we decided today. We just had enough. Yeah, I'm like the hate. I'm like, get him, Maria. Get him. I know. I so. <laughs> I, I, the thing about social media that I'm trying to sort of um, capture because pictures aren't doing it anymore either. Mm-hmm. It's got to be video. Yeah. And you got to be genuine and authentic in those videos. I don't think that. Lindy or I struggle with being authentic no. or, well, I make or anything my, like that. I, I do weird things. But, but okay. portraying it and storytelling online is a whole other beast, right? All the critics come out. All, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, so just really quickly. Um, so today I decided to do something different because we're, uh, you know, we've just been posting about our podcast and we're going to change that. So anyway, I decided to post a little stat this morning about how um, of all the home buyers last year, 19% were single women hmm. compared to 10% of single men. Wow. Right. Well, I garnered myself some male haters in the comments. <laughs> so I'm I like, will say, and I absolutely agree, women are literally ruling this this world right now. Right? They are That's what I wonder it. right now. Yes. We rule, we women, run the world. Yes. Women right now are like, I think, the largest percentage of property owners, um, like multifamily properties. Like mm-hmm. it's... Well, let's talk about that yeah. a little bit today, Absolutely. shall we? And not we we don't have to call out this guy specifically, but we can <laughs> we can we can talk about the stat that we brought up today. That'd be a ton of fun. Yes. Alrighty, awesome. okay. So let's start. Awesome. Um, welcome. You're listening to Beyond the Front Door podcast with Lindy and Ria at Peak Properties, and we're real estate agents. We bring you um, stories that will inspire you, make you laugh, cringe, inform you, all of <laughs> all the, the things. Above. Yes, <laughs> come on in. We put the real in real estate. Yes. And today we have Nathan Stevens, and Hello. we will let him introduce himself to you. Um, but yes, thank you for being here. You bet. Why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, my name is Nathan Stevens. I am born and raised in Wyoming, so definitely Wyoming native. Uh, now, uh, I started essentially you know, what I do now, uh, just honestly being in a financial position when the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually kind of forced me to, I had to, I've been a first time home buyer, actually did WCDA in, in Wyoming and ended up going through a s- severe injury in 2020, right through the pandemic that caused me to have to sell my home because wow. I couldn't afford to pay for it. And so it ended up, you know, I, I had experienced home ownership, but then I also experienced losing my home. And so it's 
kind of put me down like a you know a spiral for a little bit of you know sure. avoiding finances, avoiding um, personal life, avoiding just anybody in general, to a point where in 2021 I actually came upon some, or upon some information on social media, um, which I think more and more after the pandemic everybody was out trying to you know find an answer to their finances. Um, well, I finally found something out, and uh, it actually, you know, not only piqued my interest, but I also found out, you know, that's something that so many people need. Mm-hmm. And so it actually expanded just my impact to be able to help my community as well as helping myself. And so, you know, I was able to increase my credit over 125 points. I was able to buy a new car, 3.9 interest rate, which you can't find that now. No. <laughs> so it was, my mind just opened up to the power of finances, and I learned to take finances for being my enemy to being my friend. Mm-hmm. And that's where I've learned that, you know, financial literacy from all the people I talk to is not something that was taught in schools. It's not something that people have any type of direction to do mm-hmm. unless like maybe your parents were in something financially when you were younger, but yeah, there's a huge disconnect. And so, um, I found that through that disconnect and that a need needed to be filled. And so it's, you know, I've been doing this three years now and it's, Good for you. it's blowing up every single day. Just more and more people, um, just looking, looking for someone authentic too, because yes. you have, ever since the pandemic happened, you have so many people that were, you know, just overnight type companies. They're just here to, you know, try and take money for something right. that people are in need of. And it rubs people the wrong way, but it also makes the legitimate people mm-hmm. kind of suffer in yes. a way. And so I saw that, I could not only have like an impact through social media because I already knew so many people, but I also knew that I had a platform to really speak about something that's not shared or taught in schools. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of what got me down this road and, you know, three years in, actually three years this month, actually in March. Congratulations. Thank you. And so it's been, it's been a roller coaster. Did you start a business, join a business? So I actually originally joined a business uh, just under the chance of, you know, making, supplementing my income, right. um, especially right then that was kind of what people were talking about, yeah. especially coming out of the financial crisis. So, mm-hmm. uh, then I actually got to the point where I've, um, through our services that through our platform that we provide, I actually was able to create my LLC and uh, I'm actually to the point right now where I'm getting ready to start branding out and, you know, kind of expanding that oh, cool. too. So that's exciting. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that. It's, I wouldn't have thought about doing anything like this three years ago. But, I mean, just starting to learn about money kind of got me down the rabbit hole. and It made a difference yeah. for you, and you want to share that with other people. Cool. And that's what we're kind of excited about with this podcast is taking people's experiences and having you share your story so that other people can learn from it. Of course. So, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. And I appreciate that. And it's everybody has a story. So how long have you lived in Cheyenne? So, actually, I will be 30 this May. So I have lived, born and raised in Cheyenne. Okay. So Excellent. I am, yeah, Wyoming as it gets, honestly... I like Wyoming because of the fact that it's close to everything, mm-hmm. but it's far at the same yeah. time. So yeah. I don't have to worry about like the crazy um, metropolitan type traffic or anything yes. like that. Yeah. I mean, I did a little bit of traveling to the point where I you know, like went to California and I realized it's like people say it's right around the corner. And then I realized right around the corner is like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Cheyenne, I can't do like that. Right around the corner. The corner. <laughs> I can't yeah. do that. I need to like have things close. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine when people move here and they're like, Oh, I'll say, well, this will, how long it will take you to get to work. And they're like, Oh, it took me an hour and a half to get to work where I came from. I'm like, Oh, oh Lord. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> you're never going to have that here. Yeah. Commuting, no. anything like that. It's, I just got to the point. I was like, I can still be connected to it, but still be far enough to where, yeah. you know, it's just a short drive. So 
yeah, I, I'm born and raised in Wyoming, but I love, honestly, I wouldn't leave it. I like to say I'm, I like to say I live in Wyoming, but I'm not, I'm not like planted in Wyoming. Sure. So sure. I can, you know, be, spread my wings as I should say, but at the same time, I love this place. So. Awesome. So, uh, you specialize in wealth management, is yep. that wealth correct? Education. Wealth education. Yep. Thank no, you. Good. There's, let's talk about the distinction between those two yep. things. So wealth management is essentially like a financial advisor in a way where they're, mm-hmm. they're walking you through every single plan. They get a little more in depth with like your personal finances. Uh, mm-hmm. they are, they have, you know, specific schooling and certifications that mm-hmm. make them, uh, that they have to take, you know, by state mm-hmm. law. Uh, the benefit with a wealth educator is, is I, prov- I learned all this information myself. I took a certification course through our company, but I don't have to have like special certifications or anything because I am not essentially the one that does know like the, the credit work or anything like that. Sure. We have team of attorneys that do that, but okay. wealth educator, I'm here to help people uh, not only protect or not necessarily protect, but help them fix their finances, fix their credit, poor spending habits, as well as helping them build wealth helping them protect their wealth, as well as helping them protect their family and their assets. So we do everything from budgeting, which um, actually as of last year, 39% of Americans didn't have a budget in place. And out of that 39, 19% had less than $1,000 in savings. So it's, we all know how much that, how quick $1,000 or an emergency can wipe that out. Yep. A washing machine goes out or your hot water heater or uh, your car breaks down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not cheap. No, it's not. (laughs) And so it's, we just, we found out that providing kind of a roadmap for everybody to, because a lot of people, they have the confusion, they don't know where to start. That's Mm -hmm. why a lot of people don't. And they just kind of let that problem compound until, you know, their finances are nothing or they're forced to, you know, put themselves in an uncomfortable situation. Sure. So, you know, just providing them with budgeting, providing them with the ability to, you know, award-winning tools helping with debt payoff, mm-hmm. helping them with, you know, setting up savings goals because the ultimate, I think, plan uh, or just our, our mission is to help create more qualified homeowners. Mm-hmm. So helping people plan for things like a down payment, uh, planning for what their mortgage is going to be, planning for any type of, you know, closing costs. It's helping them start to not just imagine it, but actually start putting it down on, you know, physical paper, seeing numbers, knowing what they need to save. Mm-hmm. Plus it can encourage them too, as you know, they progress and they start, you know, seeing that money in their goal start to grow. You start it's to see just, a light at yeah, the end of the tunnel. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's providing just a solution for people. Everybody's situation is different. You know, mm-hmm. I have people that don't come to me that need credit help, but I have people that come to me because they don't have asset protection. They don't have a will. We actually provide will and trust as well as um, medical documents, as well as your power of attorney. Uh, but it's, it's much bigger than that. It's just trying to help people have a game plan and to, whether it be home ownership or it be um, investing in, you know, properties or it be, you know, being able to say, take an extra day on your weekend to go out with family because, you know, you don't necessarily need the paycheck because you can afford it. Right. It's just those, everybody's, you know, end goal is different. Mm-hmm. But it's just providing something that everybody can have kind of the same approach and everybody can have success. So I really appreciate that because mm-hmm. I think we see a lot on social media where people in their 20s and maybe even into their early 30s um, are feeling like they'll never be able to purchase a home. And I, whenever 
I'm doing open houses or, you know, I have sons that are in their early mid twenties and, and I'm visiting with their friends and I'm always saying, you don't know what you don't know. I wouldn't just assume that you're never going to be able to buy a home. Like go talk to a lender and find out what all of your options are or to somebody like, like you, you said, make a plan, yeah, the make a plan because it can be done. It may mm-hmm. feel insurmountable, but it isn't necessarily so. And we talk a lot. I talk a lot about investment properties mm-hmm. because you can use the rental income towards uh, the qualifying of the purchasing of an investment property. And so don't, you know, don't just think, oh my gosh, home prices are so expensive. I'm never going to be able to buy. I think there's, like you say, there's a plan to be developed yeah. there. And yeah. I mean, like you said with rates, I mean, I always tell people to marry the home and date the rate yeah. because that's always going to change. I mean, yeah. there's always going to be, if you're working with a trusted professional who knows how to navigate the market and knows how yeah. to maximize your you know, potential with that home, mm-hmm. your equity. Uh, yeah, I think that speaks volumes. Well, I don't think we ever have anyone, I've never met anyone, who said they wished they didn't buy real estate mm-hmm. at any point in time, no matter yeah. what the rate was. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, I think more often than not, and we had Josh Ayers on here talking about that somebody will decide they want to buy a home, but we'll wait to go talk to somebody till like two years later. Yeah. And then they, that's like, two years. I did this two years, two years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I, there's an intimidation factor. I think that and that's probably with, what you see too, is we're like, yeah. there's this, um, revealing shame of your or like, yeah, you feel vulnerable mm-hmm. to share mm-hmm. personal yeah. information like that. In most cases it causes anxiety. I mean, cause yeah. I mean, I even say like credit in general, your credit score is not a direct reflection of, you as a person. Mm-hmm. I mean, people can go through so many things like divorce. They can go through loss of a family member. Uh, they can go through, you know, loss of a job. Mm-hmm. It's just so many things can be impacted. Yep. And so it's, yeah, it's just having kind of that peace of mind that, you know, you're not kind of, you're not stuck. No. Yeah. Like there are so many options out there and now even more, there's so many more options. I yes. mean, people are looking for additional streams of income. People are looking for ways to retire early yes people are looking for ways to you know set their families up for generational wealth so it's there's so many different like i said in goal is different for everyone but i think realistically in the same i think it's kind of similar for everybody too mm-hmm. they just want to have more time freedom so. yes. well that's what i was going to ask you what's the most common scenario that you're working with um honestly most common right now is it's realistically it's people who want to become a homeowner okay that is probably my largest not just in general uh, people that are coming to me for you know, inquiries or just wanting guidance, mm-hmm. but in general, people who have never owned a home who are in their you know, 50s, 60s. Uh, actually, a quick little story. I actually helped a lady last year. She had just been following me um, for two years, actually. Didn't, didn't bite, didn't anything, didn't even want to just really talk or really communicate. And so she finally um, ended up reaching out and just, I, I just gave her tips. You know, I gave her, you know, kind of a game plan that she could use um, just, you know, off the off the clock or anything like that, I just wanted to help her, mm-hmm. and she actually ended up by you know applying everything I gave her the steps to in about six months. She was actually able to close with a realtor in I believe it was Casper, but she was able, her and her husband were able to finally buy a home for the first time. So it's it's not just young people looking for homes; it's older people. Mm-hmm. Sure, people have been renting for forty plus years, and it's you know the amount of money that goes into renting versus yeah homeownership to where you can truly use that money back. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's been my biggest one, which has shifted me into wanting to, you know, here soon become a realtor and to utilize that asset too as well to help, you know, people coming in who need help. 
Well, and we've talked about that a little bit on here about um, sort of overcoming generational cycles. And so if you had parents that only rented, you know, and didn't ever make the leap to purchase, but you yourself want to, mm-hmm. but you don't have that role model necessarily or that person to share their story or kind of guide you through the steps of purchasing a home but you know in your heart that that's something that you want to do and it that's when we talk about jump stories and people deciding that they want to change their life in some way home ownership can absolutely be one of those that if you just think it's never possible for you but it is possible (laughs) it really is it really does help to have a mentor i'm Mm -hmm. a firm believer in mentors of course that's the thing i I, i've made a post on like facebook and it's like you know it's having access to people smarter than you is an Mm -hmm. absolute asset yes i mean if once we get out of kind of our uh our ego (laughs) way we we step out and it's willingness to learn learn something that maybe we don't have the right outlook on Mm -hmm. or maybe as we said things are changing you know Mm-hmm. adapting maybe we haven't caught up to that adaption and then we just need to learn so it's yeah it's having people who are always learning people who are you know providing knowledge it's yep. a huge asset uh so very coincidentally that we're talking about this today because mm-hmm. we just were having a conversation online about the fact that um the national association of realtors um has data out for 2023 that um nine of all the home buyers that purchased homes in 2023, 19% were single women wow. and then 10% were single men. And I thought that was a very interesting number. Uh, and, and I, as I said in my social media post, that when I look back on the, the transactions I had last year, that tracks, like I mm-hmm. had single women that were purchasing homes and they were often, you know, cause they had kids and need to raise a family or they're trying to take care of their parents. Change the area code. Yes. Yep. Yes. But I was also curious if there's more women coming on the market, buying for themselves because we're kind of, uh, closing in on the wage gap, um, you know, that has occurred historically over the mm-hmm. last, even just over the last 50 years, mm-hmm. where women historically make less than men and just having that ability to purchase now that they maybe didn't have in the past. And I've just kind of threw it out there. Like, what do you think? So I guess I asked you that question. Why do you think there's a higher number of single women that are purchasing homes? I think one thing you said is the biggest one from what I've had personal conversations is it's they have kids. Like yeah. they're tired of, you know, having, you know, a two bedroom three or having essentially all their kids in one room or, yes. you know, having, uh, no room for freedom for kids to, you know, really, in, you know, enjoy their childhood. And it's yep. having a backyard, um, you know, yep. having, you know, just that, that neighborhood feel. I think it's in general is just women, but I'm not even say that it's just mothers in general are providing for their children in a yep. huge way. And if it's, you know, the single aspect is. They want to do anything and everything, and there's so many programs out there to help them do it. Yep, that makes a really so that's really good I see. point. Yes, that, that and that's what, I, like I said, that I see too. Uh, the only other one being, of course, is that um, I've had um, women buyers that are looking to bring their mother or dad into their home, so they're having to buy a multi generational home so yep. that they can put their their mother or father in their own space and have some boundaries, but still be able to take care of, of course. them. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, no, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm having a moment. I'm sorry. It's sort of like one of those days where I'm, it's a, it's a Thursday. It's a Thursday. Hey, closer so. to the weekend. You, you know what you want to say kind of, it's like on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, you can't get I it think out. Closer to the weekend, I like to start to lose yeah. track. <laughs> I think I just start to get really tired. I'm like, I don't know. Right. So, I gotta so you are, coffee. um, 
so talk to us a little bit, I guess, about investment properties. Have you worked with um, those that are looking to purchase investment properties and kind of how do you lay out the plan for that? So in general, I have, I've just kind of started into the kind of trickling into the learning of investment properties. Um, my more so was just seen from friends that I grew up with here, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, local Adrian Cruz. Mm-hmm. I went to school with him and, you know, seeing, uh, you know, lack of us not learning any of this stuff, but I mean, he was always somebody who knew business when he was younger and then seeing people, you know, scale, um, it's, it's opened up my mind too, to just, like I said, not just, um, having your own home, but having multiple properties. So I haven't essentially, uh, been really helping people yet sure. with like a full game plan. Cause I'm still yeah. grasping that knowledge myself, Yes, yeah. but it is now that I've learned even just a little bit of information, it's, um, that's what, how now they say it was like real estate is the you know the fastest way to a millionaire or just yes. in general to you know financial yeah. freedom. But it's um, just yeah, it's a bigger aspect too. Is you're providing you know places for other people to live. Um, yeah. you're you're providing you know a, a solution. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's well, and I think too, it it can feel daunting. So let's say you're going to purchase a fourplex, and mm-hmm. here in Cheyenne, those can run anywhere from five hundred thousand to eight or nine hundred thousand. And, um, there's in some cases it maybe would work out. Okay. Like if you're a first, you know, if you're going to use an FHA loan and put through the three and a half percent down and live in one of the units or whatever, you know, you you really, it really comes down to figuring out the payment and does it make sense of the rental income that you're going to receive from those other three while you're living in the one. But then on the other hand, in a conventional manner where you've got to put 20 or 25% down, I know that that can feel really daunting for somebody. If you're looking at a $500,000 property, you got to save a hundred thousand dollars to put down on that. That can feel daunting. Um, so, so do you have any advice for um, those that are thinking about it? And I guess I would pose that question to you as well, Lindy, since um, you've been as well been working in this. Like what, how do people just begin the process of saving that kind of money to purchase their first property? I think the first thing, and that's, I think, one of our main goals when like somebody comes and needs, you know, seeks information or help with us. Our mm-hmm. first thing is setting up a budget, mm-hmm. a realistic budget, mm-hmm. like People can write, you know, jot down their little bills and chicken scratch on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. but actually updating it, you know, not if, if not, you know, daily, but weekly, mm-hmm. monthly, but consistently knowing where your money is. Um, I had a business partner who actually, he's a handyman in Nevada, and he actually ended up, when he finally tracked a budget, noticed that he was spending like over $400 at Circle K or QD gas station. Sure. So yeah. it's like the little $2 here transactions mm-hmm. on his way to work, you know, on his way home, it all adds up. And because didn't have a budget, like if you don't have a budget or if you don't have a direction for your money, your money's always going to choose its own direction. Mm-hmm. And so I think the first thing is truly knowing what you can afford and knowing what type of money's coming in. So budget is always my first go-to. And I would have to imagine, and, and this is something else we've talked about on the podcast is kind of what you're saying is making a set, you know, sacrificing, you know, your trip to the convenience store to do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. But I also think the other element of sacrificing would be if you need to take on additional work, right? Mm -hmm. Take on an additional job, uh, produce more income to get you there quicker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, supplemental income nowadays is honestly becoming the new norm. Now, if you're making only one income, I mean, as like Warren Buffett says, if you rely mm-hmm. on one income, you're going to, you know, you're going to become poor. And right. so it's the point where now, even more than ever, people are like the gig economy. 
uh, last year there was over 16 and a half million people that joined the gig economy. So what's the gig economy? Uber Eats, um, oh. you know, doing Postmates, doing um, on the Grubhub, yeah, doing yep. anything to supplement their income to make additional money, mm-hmm. which you know everybody's everybody's goal is different too. You know, it could mm-hmm. be a matter of an extra 300 bucks a month. Uh, it could be a matter of you know what actually replacing their income. It's like there's so many options out there and that's now as it's more than ever people i mean i was just in florida two weeks ago and uh in southern florida like fort lauderdale near miami area more and more people who are making you know so she was there when you were there (laughs) really i was there the the first oh perfect i was actually first to the fourth oh i was there the first through the fifth hey nice (laughs) that's funny yeah we got a bunch of weird weather but no it It was, was weird i just i uh that I found out there, and it's more statistically proven that more and more people who live in Southern Florida who make high income are seeking income opportunities. Oh, interesting. More and more people because not just an influx of new people moving into the state, but in general, cost of living, mm-hmm. inflation. I mean, everything is mm-hmm. at a rise or at a point where I think like right now, America is in uncharted waters. So it's it's kind of anything you can do to make some extra income to, you know, offset the cost of your bills. Or like mm-hmm. you said, to start preparing for a much bigger goal, yep. like, you know, purchasing a multifamily uh, mm-hmm. establishment. It's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's really, that's a big point. Well, and the, I think what can happen too, is it can feel like that sacrifice is, there might be some shame around that as well. And the example I would give is let's say, I don't know if every, since we started this podcast, the thing, one of the things I've learned is the number of people that want, have a goal of, let's say, starting a business. So they decide to sell their home and essentially live in their commercial business to start that business. And the sacrifice that comes with, you no longer have a living room, a kitchen, you know, all the things that, all the luxuries, so to speak, that a home provides, but yet you're going to set up a cot in your office of your commercial property because you're making that sacrifice to reach the goal. And I think the thing that I didn't realize is how much that happens, how much those really big sacrifices that people make to pursue a goal and a dream. And actually even just six months or a year of tremendous sacrifice can set you years Mm -hmm. ahead. But I think in the moment it can feel very icky or like there's something wrong because you're, 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 you're down to eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Living below your means. Yeah. Living below your means. That's Mm -hmm. correct. And so it is an interesting, we are kind of living in an interesting time where I do think people are, like you say, they're developing additional side hustles and trying to decide, you know, how they're going to proceed in life. Absolutely. So. Yeah, that's, that's very big right now. That's something I even see too is, you know, people are, hey, you know, you guys have any idea on, you know, somewhere I can make some extra money or I have friends reach out to me like, hey, you know, do you know a way you know, I can make some additional cash? Like I'm struggling with my job and it's, I mean, the real when you come down to the actual number, I mean, 80% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. So it's, you need to find something to pivot, something to adjust and to, you know. Do something differently. Yeah, absolutely. We actually had a family on here recently, a multi-generational um, 
transaction that occurred where the um, parents were looking for a home and land where all their kids could build on that land and just make it more affordable for everybody to live closer and to make their dreams come true. And that initial step towards a goal can be daunting. I, I always tell everybody that whenever you're going to make a big leap, it's like the universe conspires to see if you're serious about that leap and a whole bunch of things go wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you can get over the hump and keep moving, uh, which of course they did. And now they're marching steadily towards that dream. And I just think it's, you got to get creative. Like well, of course. Said. Well, and like you said, with like a mentor too, having yes. somebody, because you're already making the sacrifice, but if you don't know what you're doing or how to go about it, mm -hmm. you know, you could spend six months to a year putting yourself in a bigger Spinning hole. Spinning your wills. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. You're getting nowhere. And so, yeah, having a mentor, but having, you know, the someone who's done it before who can you can follow their path exactly. or they know what you're going to go up against can give you that that yeah. i think probably is one of the especially the personal experience yeah because mm -hmm. then that's more relatable mm -hmm. so someone can actually and that's where it becomes more an emotional or like a personal relationship because they know you know you've experienced it you've been through it yeah and so people are more willing to work with somebody that has already been through something they've experienced mm -hmm. or are experiencing so so interestingly enough, um, we've had, um, we had Thatcher on here talking about, um, mentors and managing your health, mm -hmm. health and wealth. Listen to that. <laughs> anyway, one of the things that we talked about, like when you're changing your diet, for example, mm -hmm. that you just have to exchange foods, you know, you can have a similar routine and habit, but you just have to exchange one thing for another. So exchange this food for that food or whatever the case is, and it can make a difference in your life. And that was one of his top recommendations and the health coach that I have as well. That's one of their top is just start with just finding substitutions, right? So I guess one question I would have for you on top of just for people that are looking to build wealth and budgeting being number one, but is there another piece of advice that you have that you find is common that you're giving to people? That's a good one. It's a really good one, actually. I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I think probably the most, I guess I'm trying to think of the best way to answer in that, but I think my biggest piece of advice for somebody who is realistically wanting to make a change or wanting to actually, you know, grow their wealth, I think it really comes down to commitment. Like it's you, if you really want to do it, like you said, sacrifice, you mm -hmm. have to be committed to it. Yeah. Like you can't be one foot in one toe in, you have to be both feet in. Mm -hmm. um, it's since you're betting on yourself. And so, I mean, that's the best form or the best investment you can make is in yourself. In yourself. Yeah. And I think, too, sometimes when you see on social media, people talk about self-care, right? And self-care being, you know, treating yourself to this or that or going here or there, whatever the case is. But self-care also means sticking to your goals. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, getting to the gym when you don't feel like going to the gym and eating at home when you don't feel like eating at mm -hmm. home. <laughs> taking that 20 bucks you just spent and folding it up and putting it back in your pocket, right? Like yeah. mm -hmm. sometimes that's self, I mean, that actually is self-care too, but sometimes it just doesn't feel that way because self-care can feel like, man, I don't feel like eating tonight. But so you we're think just going to go out. If you think about it, you'll be less stressed to have less anxiety about money. If yep. you make these, so it is self-care because yes. you're thinking of your emotion, yeah, your, your future. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, yeah. that's, I mean, 
just those little pieces compounded absolutely do wonders. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, six months to a year, it's it's just those bite-sized pieces. Like the, the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. One bite at a time. So it's just taking, yeah, taking a step, a preca- not necessarily precautionary in a way, but it's just taking that step. Yeah. So it's it's honestly, when I made the decision just to take the step on myself, it's three so, years later, it's been a game changer. So what <laughs> what was the turning point for you? Was there a moment or a day? Was it like, your, the accident or you said? So actually, no. So when the accident happened in 2020, uh, I ended up, and that was where I learned kind of a little bit of like the real estate process because I had to quick sell my home because I couldn't afford the mortgage, anything like that with my injury. And so going through kind of some issues with uh, the buyers and two different times where the buyers ended up uh, pretty much backing out, like they couldn't get approved. And so like in the process, I had to quick sell it to, um, I still had my you know equity in the home, but I ended up essentially just being in a bad financial position. And so the pivot point was actually uh, my first, probably my first big savings goal was quitting drinking. <laughs> So I did that first and that I started to see not just more money open up, but a clearer mindset. And then in 2021, uh, we actually, when we had the blizzard here in March where it shut the town down for a week, I actually had started working on like my finances about a month before that, but I had, you know, learned about additional ways to earn income through the platform that I was like, you know what, I've got this time on my hands. I've got the weekend. Like I know people I can, you know, reach out to people and, it exploded. Shovel? So, Were you out shoveling? Yeah. Or, no, well, just oh, even that. Well, no, I, I put posts out to reach out to people, you know, about the, the services. and All oh, the just, services. Yeah. I, I no, was equating good. snow to, like, no, you got good. out and started shoveling. <laughs> but I was shoveling. Yeah, I still did shovel. I still did. Okay. But it took, like, five or six days because, yeah, yeah, it was really Everybody bad. Everybody shovel yeah. when I get out of my own house. Yeah, when I get out of my own. Exactly. Okay, so you took the opportunity of everybody sort of being confined in their homes to start, yeah. like, promoting your services. Yeah, and I saw, I just saw the ability of having control of my time and being able to when you put you know not only just kind of a goal to work but also you know having the consistency Mm -hmm. I was like man I've got you know I had a whole week to sit at home and so I was able to help my family I was able to work on the business I was able to enjoy my time and so that's where it kind of got my mind into you know, working in ways to, you know, get out of like a nine to five job which Well that's what we talked about we've talked about with a lot of people. You think Find something that you really love or that you're passionate about, and then you try to figure out how can you make that monetize what you do for a living. Yeah, exactly. Because then you're going to do well at it because you love it and it's Mm -hmm. something you, you know, you want to be doing. Well, I think since after the pandemic, too, I think you saw the most, some of the most creative people Mm -hmm. come out of like the woodworks. And that's why social media blew up, you know, influencers blew up because. They had nothing but time, time and they, like we said, they made a commitment. They bet on themselves. They went out of their comfort zone, which no growth happens in your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So everybody, yeah. you know, a lot of people stepped out and they saw success by being authentic. Mm-hmm. So they were themselves. And by that, just using their talents that they were given skyrocketed. So mm-hmm. success, I mean, everybody can, has the option for success. It's just have to bet on yourself. You got to jump. Yeah. You have to just jump. <laughs> we talk about that a bit. Um, well, thank you so much. Is there anything else, I guess, that you would like our listeners to know about what you do or any other tidbits or advice? Yeah. I mean, um, more of just kind of a, a reassurance to people to kind of let the guard down is, um, if you have questions about anything, whether it be 
things on your credit, whether it be you know ways to budget, whether it be ways to pay down debt, or even getting deeper into protecting the assets you have, you know, mm-hmm. protecting yourself because you know we never know when our last day is. Or mm-hmm. in general, just having those bigger things in mind that don't just affect us. Um, just reach out. I mean, it's the monotony of I think credit repair or just finances in general, like you said, a daunting thing or anxiety. Mm-hmm. People don't want to reach out because they're scared. Or, or ex- like Lindy has said, experiencing shame yeah. associated with whatever happened. And that is a big one yeah. too, is like shameful of the situation. They're like, yep. oh, I shouldn't be in this. I shouldn't be experiencing yeah. this. You know, I'm much older and you know, I've got younger people who are, and that's probably one of the big ones I see too, is I've got all these young people buying homes and I've never experienced that. And it's, yeah. it's just knowing that there are solutions but mm-hmm. just reaching out. It's never like, too late no, to change your story. <laughs> it isn't. It absolutely is not. Yeah. And so being able to have somebody truly, you know, just sit down with you and mm-hmm. just have a conversation, you know, kind of let you know what your options are. And if we work together, you know, we're going to, we're going to get you to success anyway. I mean, I always tell my customers or my clients that my goal is to help. Honestly, at the end, I want to be the one helping you, you know, hold that mm-hmm. for sale sign or that, you know, close sign. Or I want to be getting a picture, you know, from your family buying assets down the road. I want to create a relationship with people that isn't just, you know, transactional. I want it to be, you know, relational, relational to where, you know, years from now, people are, you know, the tools and the services or the skills that I gave them or that we were able to provide. It's actually working and people are truly changing their family's lives. So yeah, just reaching out. Yeah. And, and, and it sounds like in a judgment free zone, like no, no judgment. I don't know of anybody that has made a hundred percent perfect financial decisions. No. <laughs> no. And I honestly, before I got this, I was, you know, I was in a poor credit position too. I mean, it was low five hundreds and it's, yeah. I've, I've been in a crappy position. I couldn't freaking, I couldn't finance a, a library card. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, I, yeah. I experienced it and yeah. I, going through it, I mean, even going through like stuff now, it's, it's everything is, you know, you're, you're experiencing new things every day, but yeah, just having that guidance. I love your vulnerability about it and being relatable because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can relate to, um, you know, changes in their lives and things that happen and it can, it can produce, you know, situations that we're uncomfortable with, but we always have the power to change it. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. we're always uh, success is always just one decision away. Yes, it really is. That's a great quote. I'm probably going to use that later yes. when I do a thing awesome. for you. Anyway, okay. Yes. So, <laughs> so one question that we ask all of our listeners of is, what is your favorite thing about Cheyenne? Favorite thing about Cheyenne? Uh, I mean, I like, I love the people, but mm-hmm. I I think in general too the growing community. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I mean, I grew up in, you know, just Cheyenne is being even you know, an hour away from, you know, from Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it hasn't grown. And then in the last decade, the last 10 years since I, you know, been out of school and all that, I've seen it grow and I'm seeing, you know, old Cheyenne blending with new Cheyenne and just a great way to put that really starting to kind of see it blossom mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, experiencing people coming out of their you know comfort zones and growing. I've seen more businesses opened in the last few years here. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, I, I enjoy just the, the community. So it's, it's, awesome. yeah, it's definitely something that's helped me. They, they welcomed me in. You guys welcomed me in. And yes, so of course. definitely honored to be here too. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Of course. Well, I know you got your I have question. my final question. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so if you could purchase property anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Ooh. 
That's a good one. Um, I mean, goal is to purchase as much property as possible, right? But yeah. um, honestly, that's... Let's say right now we said, where can we... Money's not money. an object. You have Money's money. not an object. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I would, honestly, if I could go to, like, Italy. <laughs> we had one other person say that, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Italy, Italy. like, San- or, or even, like, Greece, like Santorini. Oh, like, why? Uh, just, honestly, I've... I've flown in the States, but I have never flown out of the country. I was going to say, have you been there? Yeah. So okay. I have okay. never been. So that could be more of just like bucket list type going off of that wish, but sure. wanting to have that type of escape, you know, you can take family somewhere that isn't normal, you know, different sure. culture, different scenery, um, you know, having, seeing family that's never been able to travel out of the country and being able to provide that solution. Opportunity. To them. So yeah, that's, I think... Really anywhere, you know, tropic. <laughs> I think it would be really cool sunshine. too. So yeah, sunshine, closer to the equator. We understand. <laughs> we say the same thing. I'm kind of right. cold today, so I would yeah. like to go somewhere tropical. I'm perpetually in a coat nowadays. So. Well, anyway. Florida surprised me a little bit too. Yes, some weird it was weird only supposed. To, it was only like between 68 and 71 while we were there. Yeah, and then the big rainstorm on Sunday. Sunday, yes. Oh. There were tornadoes. There was there like were. a. So we were down in the Florida Keys. And there were there was like a tornado following us up the up the keys. I heard as about we were the, driving. the tornado in Miami area. Yes. Yep. It was just really crazy weather. You think I've learned my lesson that you think you're going to escape the winter in February and go to a <laughs> beach somewhere and it, it never, wasn't bad. Yeah, it's it's better. It's better. Yes. Like we're but, still in shorts, but you're wearing a hoodie with those yep. shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found yeah. myself as like, oh, I'm gonna put on a little more layers, even if I'm wearing shorts, and put on some more layers when I was there. Yes. So, yep. Yeah. Us too. You can't can't escape that. Can't escape it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on today. It's Absolutely. been a real pleasure. Where can people find information about you so, if they want to use your services? So they can find me on social media. It's just Nathan Stevens on Facebook, um, Instagram. It's official Nathan Stevens. Um, or, uh, if they have, if they want to just reach out to me, you know, by phone, um, okay. they can even text my cell phone. My number is 307-286-9607. And anybody who has inquiries, questions, um, anything, you know, about financial literacy or financial education, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah. Awesome. And we will put his information in the comments yes. on the YouTube yep. video. Awesome. Yep. So they Perfect. Can find it there. So for all of our listeners, um, this is Rhea and Lindy, and we are Realtors with Peak Properties. And if you're looking to buy or sell a home, uh, we would be happy to help you with that. You can find us on www.sellcheyenne.com, as well as um, all of our social media sites. And then, of course, beyond the front door, you can listen to us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. So, yes. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Yep. Oh, a picture. This episode of Beyond the Front Door is brought to you by Peak Properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming. With over 75 years of combined experience in real estate, it's our goal to help clients buy and sell and save by providing the information you want and the professional services you expect. Let us help you with your residential, commercial, HUD, income-producing properties, as well as vacant land and rental needs. To learn more, visit www.sellcheyenne.com.